2: So, hey everybody, welcome to episode 47 of the More Than Just Go podcast. My name is Tim Mitra, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. Hello there. And we
0: have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, I believe.
1: Hi there. I am in San Jose. Yeah. Uh,
0: Can I just give a a quick shout out to Mark Thistle, Um, a fellow who wrote me uh, last week after our show, and Mm -hmm. he... He said uh, he's checked out Magpie. It looks very interesting. Thank you very much. But Mm -hmm. uh, he noticed that my website uh, did not have a smart app banner. And uh, Ah, it's a feature that uh, Apple introduced in iOS 6 Mm -hmm. uh, to accompany uh, websites that are visible on iOS Safari. And if you visit an app page, uh, you can, as the web developer, put in a little meta tag. And if uh, you do that, it'll show a little banner. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, showing you a direct mm-hmm. link to the App Store so you can get the app from the site in yeah. one tap. So uh, that was a simple matter of fixing it, and uh, I thank you to Mark for pointing it out, reminding me. Uh, I've done it before in other apps. Uh, just yeah. just overlooked it this time. So, you know, when I was thinking, um, yeah, I'll just do the same for my Mac app, of course. And uh, no, <laughs> really, yeah, because they don't they don't do this for the Mac. It doesn't work oh, on the Mac. Right. Yeah. Why? Because Apple hates the Mac. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Exactly. It's just yeah, crazy they, how all the features that they have for the Mac, they or sorry, that for iOS that they don't have for the Mac. Uh, you know, TestFlight comes bounding quickly to mind. Oh, you can't TestFlight? Uh, no, you can't. Why? Why wouldn't you be able to? Can you hockey app them? Sure you can. Well. Yeah, hoc, hockey works on, like, all of the platforms. But could you TestFlight before TestFlight was bought by Apple? No. TestFlight never supported the Mac, as far as I remember. Oh, okay. Correct okay. me if I'm wrong. And yeah, Mark. Mark, might know. Mark, I, Mark got me on the Hockey App.
1: Yeah, I don't think TestFlight could. I, I actually didn't know Mac, uh, Hockey App could actually could support the Mac. I didn't mm. know that. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. By the way, Mark Thistle uh, works for Microsoft. We met him at um, NS North. And he did a he did a talk on writing code for the uh, what do they call it the Microsoft Band. Oh. So he's, he's he's one of the iOS developers at Microsoft. Interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's a friend of the show. That's I think that's kind of how he became a friend of the show too, as well. Oh. Yeah, I, I I have the you know the banner smart banners on device my device tracker site and on our true life site we have them of course as well. So.
1: So is he involved in the Microsoft Garage group or is he more on the uh, productivity <laughs> app side? Uh,
2: I'm not sure what Garage means. So. Oh,
1: it's a it's a uh, a group within Microsoft that does sort okay. of. Um, projects that are, you know, off the main beaten path of Microsoft. They're okay. not They're not working right. on Word or, or Excel or that right. kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Like they have one called Toss-Up uh, that just came out, which is kind of interesting, where you can mm-hmm. you can sort of use it to poll your friends about things. You know, you, you create a question, you send out it to your friends, right. they all respond. Right. And you can use it for like, hey, where should we go for a beer tonight, you know, this place or this place, and they respond, and, mm-hmm. and it figures out what the you know the winning responses, and then notifies everybody that kind of stuff.
0: Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just a silly little app, but but it's but it's you know it's it's you know it's fairly well done, and it's it's just strange for Microsoft to put out something like that, and you know, but yeah. it's interesting that they're doing that kind of stuff.
2: Well, like I said, Mark works on the iOS group on on the Microsoft band. So if you're an out there out there and you're a developer, and you're interested in working on the. Um, Microsoft band. Microsoft is the guy to get in touch with. I'll put a, his Twitter handle in the show notes so you guys can hook up with him. Cool. Um, and so the other follow-up items we had were uh, following up on the conversation we had about Brent Simmons' posts and um, there were two other guys. Aaron, helped me out here. Oh, I I'll just go me.
0: back from the notes here. Tough Love by Curtis Herbert and Alan Pike writing Supply Side Blues.
2: Right, so... Um in, in that sort of vein, um, there was a couple of follow-up items. One of them was uh, from uh, Charles Perry of Medikite and also of one of the hosts of the uh, Release Notes podcast. He posted a piece about Apple's uh, delivery system and how people sort of look at the 30% we pay to Apple as as uh, uh, you know, kind of a harsh thing to have to pay, a lot of money to have to pay, a lot of percentage, that kind of thing. And he looked at it from the point of view well what apple's doing for us is they're our delivery mechanism they're taking the money they're you know delivering the product to the client they're helping the client install it on their device which is stuff that we don't have to get into and so his all the kind of negativity negative statements we make about apple and the app store he uh challenges us to substitute apple uh, or app store with delivery truck or my delivery truck and uh, and would you say the same things? Like, would you complain about your your UPS driver? I, I everybody knows I would complain about my UPS. driver. Indeed, you would. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, would would you use that same kind of would you, you know, have that same kind of vitriol for a delivery person, if that or the person who's you know helping you distribute your apps? And I think I've made that point before, but uh, yeah, you know that um, that way of
1: thinking makes complete hundred percent sense to me. I've probably said this kind of thing before. Uh, yeah, it's there's. There's never really been a time when the App Store was helping you sell your apps, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing this since, what, 2008? And and it, it was never really doing that. So uh, it, it, it amazes me when people still expect it to. Right, right.
0: Uh, can I be the dissenting opinion then?
1: Of course, of course. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, you mean the
2: contrarian? I think the official term is contrarian.
0: Good. Yep. Choose what term you will. I, I think that, you know, There, I agree with you that... Um, That we shouldn't expect the App Store to sell our apps for us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But the delivery truck analogy is, to my mind, deeply flawed. Um, Because a delivery truck is simply an intermediary between the company selling you the thing and the customer buying it, right? Right. Um, Yeah. And the App Store is not that. How about an ice cream truck? um, You go to the ice cream truck? Where they own the ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah, because, well, you know, the, 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 the big the thing the that corners. you lose is all of the flexibility and all of the relationship with your customer, right? Yeah. So, you know, prior to the App Store, independent developers would be able to create a relationship with their customer. Um, they'd be able to uh, take the money directly from the customer. They would know exactly who the customer is and could communicate with them. They could uh, sell upgrades at discounted prices. Um all these things that you cannot do in the App Store anymore, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and so it's it's, a, it's it's a much larger issue than the medium of transportation between buyer and seller. This is way more complex than that, and this yeah. you know delivery truck analogy uh, doesn't come close to addressing the problems that are actually here in the App Store. To my mind, yes, so, I, I, throw this that out. makes that makes
1: sense. But my my point, I guess, would be that it's it's never done that. It's never given you the chance to have a relationship with your customer. It's never uh, given you the chance yeah. to, to give discounts all that. So, and, and we're now, what, ten, almost well, seven years into it? So mm-hmm. it, it's sort of time to get over it. <laughs> it is what it is. Either deal with it or, or don't.
2: So, Aaron, do you remember the – I have just finished the um, – a couple of weeks ago, I finished the uh, Becoming Steve Jobs biography. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you recommended to me um do you remember what what the story was about the app store in 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 that book what i remember that like there was a, he bit, resisted a bit about it in the there
0: they resisted it for quite a while yeah as i recall um mm-hmm. was it something in particular well, you're thinking of
2: well, yeah they i mean no they, re- they resisted the whole concept of, of they wanted to have a walled garden and and yeah. and it, curate it and all that kind of stuff and i think that's To me, that's part of what the App Store was trying to do at the very beginning, because the whole approval process is all about that. You know, they want to basically vet the apps. They want to make sure that we meet a certain standard of, of delivery. And for that service of checking our work, they charge 30%, I guess, you know, among other things, you know. But uh, I just I just thought maybe you might remember what what the, the the tale was. I don't remember that. I remember the I remember it being mentioned in the book, but I don't remember the specifics about it. Oh,
0: well, you might remember back in the day, like uh, prior to the App Store launch. I think Steve yeah. was quoted as saying something about bringing down the entire West Coast network uh, with a runaway app. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so that that concern seemed kind of front and center, even if it's ridiculous on its face. But yeah. uh, the idea is that you know there could easily be. Uh, bad actors on the phone, if not for a vetting process, and so that's, right. you know, like I I get why there is an app review process, for example, sure. you know, yeah. and that's yeah. that's one thing. But and, and also the idea that they they they
2: sign the apps. I mean, like I, I do know that there's part of the mechanism of launching an app is that it actually does uh, check its signature, does check the well, even when it's downloaded, it's part of the reason why it's signed is to is to make sure that you're not getting. A sort of a man in the middle version of it. I'm not sure if that's the right term or not, but
0: yeah, fair enough. And and, yeah. and
2: keep and, and look at where we are today. I mean, again, what is it? Flash 18 today, yeah, uh, or yesterday, I guess, uh, hacker something or other team, hacker team, hacker team. And, and maybe you can fill me on who they are, but yeah, they, they've uncovered or, or released a whole bunch of information that proves that every single version of Flash, including 18 has all kinds of vulnerabilities in it, which could cause your device, your Mac to crash and you know, you know, stuff that they, and I laughed when I thought about that because I know that Steve, Steve didn't want flash on the iOS, not because he was worried that he just didn't like Adobe. He was mad at, he was mad
0: at Adobe at the time. Well, it's also a deeply flawed technology. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. you know, and here we
2: are, eighteen versions later, and we're still having to hump along with this stuff. I mean, yeah. I know, like I, I, you know, I hear it from from the other pe- other members of my family. The kids love playing flash games. You know, there's all these sort of you know fly trap websites that they go to to play these little you know pick on this games kind of stuff, right? And you were you posted something today about removing Flash. Is that something
0: you would do on your devices? Sarah? I just did it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why I posted because I I finally just realize at that it? i should do it yeah, yeah. the heck with that noise get rid of it and so what yeah.
2: happens when you go to a website that has a flash requirement or something like that
0: well it'll show up blank right and i won't be able to play it but it hasn't happened yet uh, <laughs> so okay. i don't know i i think the, the time for flash is long past we've we've oh, seen yeah, it sure. come and go like at, yeah. like youtube was the big holdout right um right. i guess those these games but ios has replaced all those crappy web games with with crappy ios games well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, like kids these days, I don't think they do sit on web browsers anymore on PCs. Oh, I no, I have I have I have
2: one grandson who who would rather sit in front of the Mac. Okay, well, on.
0: everybody's got one person, but I mean in large <laughs> I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. no, I would I would certainly like to see the, other,
2: the, other, the end of Flash. I mean, I, you know, I learned it under JRS and and, you know, supported it for many years and, you know, never never really was a big fan of it, you know. But
1: uh Facebook doesn't use Flash for their games, do they? Sorry, who? Facebook? Facebook. I don't know. the name. Uh,
0: I don't think so. I would know I don't go onto Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I-, I think yeah. a lot
1: of people do and, and play games oh, on Facebook. Oh, yeah. God knows they do. Yeah.
2: That's true. You know, I think that now that you mention that, there is a lot, there's that whole sort of what uh, marketing market of, of, you know, again, those sort of fly-trappy kind of uh, Facebook pages that, that draw you into these, you know, they have all these sort of social network-connected games as part of being a f- Facebook developer, you can tap into, right? That, you know, your friends, oh, so-and-so is playing, you know, friends with words or whatever on Facebook and, you know, you have to you know, communicate with them. So jump over there, right? So, you know, it's, it's interesting that that kind of, you know, the kind of instant notification and, you know, constantly being in touch with everybody is, it's, mm-hmm. is a, it's a millennial problem. Which, fortunately, we're all too old to,
0: to have to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm on Twitter yeah. all day. Isn't that the same thing, really?
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so, I mean, you know, have you, have you got, is, is, you know, staying in touch with other people, like, you know, working remotely like you do, is that something that's really important to you? And, and can you turn off those devices and turn the notifications off on your phone and your watches and, and just hunker down and get work done? I mean, is, isn't that kind of sort of what you do
0: in your daily work? Uh, no, nah, you know, I, I check on Twitter, you know, pretty much steadily as I'm yeah, yeah. working. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just part of my flow. It's what I do. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess scientifically speaking, it's, it's poor for concentration. So they yeah. say, but it's, it's the way I work. And so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, it's my water cooler. You know, I sort of regard it yeah. as, you know, the place that, that I can be in touch with other people without having to, uh, to be there. Sure. Sure.
2: Well, and for me, it's Slack. I, I do a little bit of Twitter and then I do a little bit of Slack and then, but I tend to, in, in my, I tend to consciously, you know, t- tune out of it and get back, get, get back to work for a while. Cause I have a, I actually have a, an app on my Mac that keeps track of what I'm doing during the day and, and, uh, it's disturbing when I go back there and see that I spent like how know, much time an, ou- spent. an hour on Slack and half an hour on Twitter and you know I should have been making billable work right hmm. um, well with
1: Slack presumably you're you're doing real work stuff right or is that not the case
2: well it's a bit of both right it's a lot it's a lot of a lot of uh, having fun and stuff like that but yeah totally I use I use Slack to, to uh, you know find out about technologies and ask questions I mean I'm, I'm on a technical group right but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of shenanigans that goes on in that group too yeah right? yeah so. <laughs> We were talking about poutine in our last episode and, and that kind of worked its way into the Slack conversation for a, about a day and a half. Mm. Um, not solid, but still. Another follow-up item that we talked about, it's sort of related to what we talked about, and on the same two subjects, was the, a post by um, I saw his name a minute ago. Uh, the Speed of Light guy.
0: What's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Geez. Why don't people put their Damn names on their stuff. This guy. Jason this Brennan. Guy, oh,
2: Jason Brennan wrote yeah. this Speed of Light article. And it's a follow-up on... on. It pretty much uh, echoes what we were saying last week about the whole talk about uh, the posts from... He mentions Brent Simmons' posts. He also mentions Alan Pikes as well. Um, but what I really liked about his thing was, you know, uh, was turning it around. And we talked about this... Uh, I talked about this with a couple of friends of mine yesterday about, about turning, the, you know, the whole... Um, the The pitch from Mad Men, the TV show, was if you don't like the conversation, change the conversation. And what I picked out from that was the the, uh, the line in the in his article where he talks about, you know, why don't people, why don't they value our apps? You know, when we ask, you know, about these people who want to spend, you know they want to spend ninety nine cents, you know, they want the app for free. Why don't they value, value value our apps? And he suggests we turn the question around and say, why aren't our apps valuable to people? Right. In other words, you know, maybe they don't want to pay for them because there really isn't that anything more than a dollar's worth of value in them,
0: right? I think it's much more likely that people see so many free options mm-hmm. that they just have been inured to the idea of paying.
2: Well, and and you know, in in a in a sort of uh, sort of analogy to what I was just talking about with notifications, we've become so. Uh, used to having to respond to things because we're we're prompted by the same kind of mechanism that makes us think that why would i pay four dollars for an app right yeah you know shouldn't it be free like wh- wh- who is this guy in Whitby who wants me to pay all this money for his app right
0: mm-hmm well that's it you know um and and how can you define value for all of the customers that you might have, you, it's, it's impossible to do. I read something today, and I can't even remember where it was from. So if I come across it, I'll try to send you the link and put it in the show notes. But um, the fellow had dr- drawn a diagram, and it was like basically a bar chart showing the cost to develop an app as the bottom part of the graph, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the price that you're selling it at, which is a little higher. And then the value, which should be higher than your price, right? Right, right. And so the distance between the cost and the price is your profit. Right. But the distance between the profit and the value is how much the customer is getting out of it. Right. And so right. what you're trying to do is provide the value uh, for every customer, but every customer, of course, is going to value it differently. Um, I'll give you an example because last night we were at Taco, right? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> um, there. I was there. we ran into uh, you know uh, Magpie's number one fan, uh, so yeah, true. Sohail Ahmed, uh, who's a listener of the show. Hey, Sohail, uh, had some kind words to say about Magpie, and he was very much into it because, uh, like me, he sees the value of the app. You mm-hmm. know, he has the same problem that I have, uh, running into all these videos all day and needing it to watch them later somehow using some mechanism mm-hmm. and and so magpie fits the bill for him it's a huge value for him and so mm-hmm. he's he's purchased it and he's getting a lot more value out of it than what he paid for it but most people will look at an app and not see the value right right like right. well i don't i don't because they probably don't even get what the app does right well Well, you you could
1: argue that for that person then it it doesn't necessarily have any value i mean it's it's very hard to quantify you know what is what is five dollars worth of value uh or or whatever the number is uh so for this 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 person uh that you just mentioned uh you know maybe if it's if it saves them an hour a day then yeah you could probably argue that his time is way worth way more than that so there's definitely value uh but you know, if if a person isn't, you. Well, I mean, this is sort of obvious. If a person isn't spending time using a thing, and then then how do you put a monetary value on it?
0: It doesn't so, have any in that case, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so is is time money? If if time is money, then of course, then you can easily say, if if this saved me, you know, five minutes a day, then after X number of days, it will have been worth the five dollar investment I put into it. Based right. on some calculation, right? Mm-hmm. right. But it's going to be different for every person, of course.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm curious about this chart, not being able to see it. But you're saying that the, the the cost to do the app is is the bottom line, and then slightly higher than that is what you're selling it for, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so are you saying that we we should, and this may be a way to think about it. Um, we should be figuring out what the cost per user is to build an app. Is that what you're saying? Like,
0: well, you know, there there's Oh you I mean, know what because it, it costs
2: you way more than you you've not there's no you're nowhere near you know with your twenty sales or whatever it is you're nowhere near making what you put into it so far of course right? of course yeah, so, I, you, so you,
1: I think a lot of the problem is that you know we do what what a lot of people do yeah you know, a lot of engineers a lot of developers a lot of hobbyists kind of do is we we build something because we think it's interesting and we think it's fun and we want to sure. work on it rather yeah. than trying to figure out what is the market out there that needs to be addressed and, and mm-hmm. what is the value of that market and and then going backwards and saying, okay, if, if the market for this thing is, you know, the total market of this thing is $1,000 a year and I'm going to spend $100,000 of my time and effort to build the thing, then right. that's a bad market, <laughs> right? And, and, but I think we all do that. You know, we, have so, we do something that has value for us and we build something that has value for us without necessarily paying attention to whether it has a lot of value for the 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 market as a whole
0: Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm.
1: and and i actually i think a lot of startups in particular do this i mean there's hundreds of startups that have this great idea you know get some funding build this thing and you know just because you build it that then they'll come i mean that that doesn't that doesn't really work
2: too true yeah, I've been telling customers that for the last five years is just because you build it. Same thing with websites, right? People think, oh, I'll put this great website up there and it'll it'll magically it'll start churning a profit, you know? Right. Um
1: and you yeah. know, there was a time when that happened just because it happened to be the right point in time, right? Yeah. and there yeah. weren't many people doing it and it was just a magic time. Same with apps, right? There was first first year or two of the app store, there was tons of money by people made by people who, who just happened to be there at the right time. Uh-huh. well because
2: and and back then it was like shooting fish in a barrel because you had like you know a very small percentage of people who actually owned phones but they needed to have apps on their phone right exactly I yeah. Mean, yeah. And, and and the other thing too i guess is 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 how do people find apps these days like you know Sohail, hopefully is going around telling everybody about how wonderful magpie is and you know bless his heart oh i love that guy we're, we're talking about it on the podcast right now you you've got a website set up for it you know you know, we put a little banner up on on our site so people will maybe click on it when uh, nobody has, by the way, but they will Damn click it. on it when they come to this site. Um, you know, uh, is you know, how are people finding out about about apps right now? So I, th- I don't think That's it's as question. simple as you know putting a video up on the app store or putting a good description or whatever. I think that there's there's still a lot to be said for word of mouth. Of you know, like from I I can tell you right now, Aaron, I have used your app twice today because I had two videos that I. Started to watch and realize, okay, well, let me just throw this in the Magpie. I'll check it out later, you know. And now I know it's sitting in Magpie, waiting for me to go back to it at some point in the pa- in in the future, right? So whether it's on my Mac or my iOS device, which again is great, pretty right? darn handy. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I would never have if you hadn't written that Magpie and you hadn't told me about Magpie and you hadn't you know really urged me to install it on my devices. I probably would never have even never even found out about it or even used it, right? Because I wouldn't yeah, have exactly. been able to find it on the app store. Nope. You know exactly, unless I was in there, you know, trying to solve a specific problem and, and uh, stumbled across this particular app, right?
1: So yeah, that's yeah. that's
0: the pickle, right? Like how to how to yeah. get the word out in an effective way.
1: So so can I ask you, Aaron? <laughs> what what are you doing to get the word out?
0: I'm what's not your, doing much of anything. Yeah. I don't really have right. one. You know, like the yeah. press is really my only real avenue, and like yeah. from a PR perspective and not a marketing yeah, one. Yeah. Um just continuing to improve the app, continuing to let the people in the press know about it and hoping mm-hmm. that one day they they'll put pen to paper on me and uh let people know about it.
2: Um Well, I think and we talked about this 2 weeks ago in the last episode and you know Mark is going to jump in here and help me with this one too, but you definitely got to do something on PR or Mac because it's a very simple way to get the word out about the app. You're already, you know, you, you're very eloquent in your in your verbiage you can sure you can write up a couple of paragraphs on it some links to the website to the links to the app store itself you know do it do a press release right yeah, awesome. yeah. i think and much as most is 20 bucks
1: or something yeah like that, it's, you it's know? very cheap and for something like this actually i think it could be pretty useful uh, yeah. you know for for some of the things that i've used it for in the past it hasn't been that great because it doesn't necessarily reach the uh, the niche markets that i was going for but mm-hmm. this this is not a niche market, right? This is something that potentially a lot of people could use. So so just yeah. setting it out to a, a very widespread, uh, large audience might not be a bad idea.
2: Well, I can tell you that uh, up in uh, you know about seven eight years ago, I was working as a journalist in, in writing tech articles, and to this day, I still get press releases in my mail. You know, and I look at them. And, you know even though I'm not really, I mean. Occasionally, I see one that I think, oh, I'll go and put that on my blog and you know basically spit it out there for people. But you know, it just you know, it, it's sort of an in in one of those secret sort of uh, societies of of information, the press release sort of uh, circle, right? So my device tracker ended up on uh, MacSurfer, you know, maxsurfer.com dot yep. com. Yeah, familiar with that? So mm-hmm. Yeah, the the aggregator. Like one day, you know, I, I'm sure I saved a screenshot of it because my my app showed up on on there. It's one of their picks, right?
1: Mm-hmm. How
2: I don't know or why I don't know. But it was there because of the press release, right? So and you, that, you know,
1: yeah, Aaron, right. have you thought about? And this may be anathema to what you'd normally like to do, but have you thought about buying ads on Google that are targeted towards YouTube?
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know. I've it's, thought about like I've I've yeah. used AdWords in the past um, yeah. mm-hmm. and been really screwed by it because it mm-hmm. is. It's a business model that really tends to, it seems to really favor Google um, and them getting more money out of you for, sure. for less payoff. Uh, so I have, you know, having used it in the past and been burned, I'm, I'm, I'm much less likely to do something like that.
1: Right. Um, but but what I'd, started me thinking about that was so normally what I would generally do to, to try to think about marketing is try to figure out where are the people who who potentially are going to use the app. Like I wrote the poker apps, so we would go into right, yeah. poker communities and talk to them. Uh, music apps, so I would go to music community, music websites. So, But but there really aren't a lot of, you know, websites for people who like to watch videos online, right? Um, well, maybe there are, but...
0: Um, I don't know about them, yeah. But
1: yeah, yeah. So where do people go to watch videos online? Well, they go to YouTube. Yeah. So, so if I'm looking at YouTube and there's... You know, whenever I go, I like to go onto YouTube and look at like music videos and things like that. Um, So inevitably, I'm just kind of clicking. I watch one, click another one, click another one, and just follow that thread down. Uh, So, and I forget where I am a lot of times, right? Because I just I've been following links. So that would be a perfect time for me to see an ad for Magpie, and say, oh, this solves that problem for me. Yeah, have you?
2: There's a, there's also a tag you can put in your in the app in, in terms of what documents you support. Can can somebody play a, like if can you have your iOS device offer up Magpie as a choice for a player? Because you know when you play a video in on the on the Mac or sorry on the iOS device, m- nine times out of ten it wants to show it in in YouTube.
0: Have you looked into that, Aaron, at all? No, I haven't. Uh, I yeah, I maybe know what you mean. A, I th- I think that's something that extension. YouTube does
2: internally. No, but there's also there's an enum in, in, uh, that, that you can put in to support um, different types of apps, right? Or different types of document formats, as it were, right? Like if your app can open a Word document, you can there's a, there's an enum you can put in there that, that tells the system uh, that you can you can support this file format. Right? Similar to what I was talking about earlier with the device tracker import, right? Because I had to register a, one of the capabilities, I think, in, in Xcode. I'm just drawing a blank on what it's called right now, but... But I also want under- to talk about something else. I, I, I we're used to working in the uh, in tech support for companies that sold image setters and films and stuff like that. And I remember an Agfa representative once was telling me about how you know, and there were there was a time there when they were making good money the salespeople. And I asked them, so how do you figure out you know what you're going to make in a year? You're you know because sales is kind of one of those loose end things too. Like you have no idea where the income is coming from. And what he told me he did was he would say, okay, I want to make this amount of money in a year, right? And so he would take that and break it down into four. And he would say, okay, well, then if I want to make this much money in a year, I need to make this much money this quarter. And if I need to make this much money this quarter, I need to sell, you know, I need to hit up this many clients. And I need to, you know, sell, you know, and he'd figure out some sort of formulaic way of of what his goals were for that quarter. And I'm kind of wondering if, using your analogy, but the chart with the, The price of the app per user or the cost of the app per user to build you know the price you're going to sell it at and and um, i forgot the third criteria was but maybe we should be looking at how we determine whether an app has viability by by that kind of formula like break it break it down break it down backwards like you know what is it if i want to sell this app to to a thousand users right how much is it going to cost me to build it and how much should i sell it for but if, or if I want to sell this app to 10,000 users or a million users or, you know, like, God forbid, the Clash of Clans kind of sales numbers, you know, like, they can probably build a, uh, you know, they can spend a million dollars on a commercial because they're easily making that in a week, you know, or less.
0: Indeed, I think that's a very yeah. healthy way to approach the sale of an app, um, yeah. you know, and you at, know a, at a dollar
1: at a, at a $5 price point, you know, minus, you know, the, the 30% that Apple's taken put to Let's say four bucks, right? Whatever. Um, <laughs> then, or, three, you can,
2: or or six dollars Canadian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or three dollars Canadian.
1: It, it's not unreasonable then to have a a, a a cost per install of a couple of bucks. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you're making ads, and you're still making money. It's very different than on a ninety-nine cent one because you you know you'll never get a your cost of install. You're never going to be able to make money off a ninety-nine cent app. But using using ad, like something like AdWords. But for a five dollar app, you you maybe can. Uh, yeah, I would, I would look into
2: it. Yeah, because actually you just said that because there's another way that there's that other side of uh, advertising in that you yeah the cost per install and I think Facebook uses that model with their in-app or mm-hmm. their their mm-hmm. ad models right? Oh, so, because they do they do iOS ads as well, and yeah. they can they'll tell you they can tell you whether the ad that you sold on Facebook uh, coincided with an install of it on the device, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. In fact.
1: I'm not sure about with Facebook ads but for sure with with uh Google ads you can yeah. specify your target in terms of cost per install as opposed to cost per click or CPM or whatever.
2: Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and
1: they'll and they'll target your campaign to try to get you that price.
2: Yeah, you can you can tar- you can do some targeting target marketing with Facebook as well like you can sort of say I want, you know, males between this age and I want them to be yep. in the United States and I want them to be, you know, I don't know. You can, you can you can narrow it down so that you know it's only going to a certain demographic. Yeah. Yep. What have you, you know, it, people who are, you know, went to school and studied engineering and architects and you know whatever wherever your your market is. And and then the spend, you say you want know, to spend 50 bucks, let's say, uh, and you say I'll spend $50, but in this time period and when the $50 is done, the ad campaign stops and you know, you see how many how many you get, right? You figure work it out work it backwards. But I was sort of thinking from the point of view Mark of of what it costs us in terms of effort and and time, time and money and you know to build that app, and how much, how many units we need to sell to basically make that money back. Right? Sure, sure. You know, like if like if somebody's going to come to come to us and spend you know one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, how many of how many dev- how many apps do they need to make, or how much business do they need to generate to get that money back? I would think that the 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 spend with us it's got to be a minute percentage of their business.
1: Right, right. right. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if somebody's going to spend $150,000 on an app, they can't be expecting to make that back in sales of the app. They can't reasonably <laughs> accept, expect that, right? No, It's no. It's got to be a component of a, of a larger marketing strategy.
2: Sure, yeah. sure, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, because even, even for
2: us to spend, you know, and we were talking about this last week where where the maybe the new... The uh, de- indie developer model is: you go get a day job, and you do the the you know the app development you want to do in your in your spare time, and as sort of a hobbyist sort of apo- approach, right? Welcome yeah. to
0: my life. Yeah, yeah. so
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah, um, you know, so wh- you know that, but but even that hobby time, just because it's 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 quote unquote idle time, I think it still has to be valued, and it still has to ha- we still have to perceive it as having value, right? So.
1: Right, and then you got to decide: Well, is it is it uh, monetary value that yeah, that it's giving yeah. you, or is it some other kind of value? Does it make it? Does it make you? Does working on those apps make you better at building the apps that you're doing for someone else? So sure. you can you can be more efficient, build them faster, yeah. Yeah. charge a higher rate, or w- whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like right now, like I said, I think I, I mentioned before that that uh, i have kind of sort of drawn a line in the sand. I'm still working on I, uh, Objective C because of the the apps that I support and, and continue to build on, but um, I'm, I've drawn a line in the sand to sort of from this point on. And I think Aaron, you mentioned last night as well that that uh, Swift is the future, right? So, yeah. yes, absolutely, it's supposed to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> and it's not. And, and it's interesting. I heard I just just listening to it just, just listening to a talk just before the the show here that. Uh, um, yeah, Swift is the future, but there is still, you know, like if you're doing core data stuff, maybe you use uh, Objective C there because it's a really low-level stuff and it, you know, you, so you can write it in Swift but why why bother? It's already there. It's it's a self-contained piece, you know, as a very specific purpose. So your app can be, you know, Swift mostly, but you still can support it. And of course, you know all the frameworks from Apple or a majority of them are still
0: in Objective C, right? as well. 100% as far as we know. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. But, for me, yeah, it's I still a
1: for me it's still a productivity thing. If I were <laughs> if I were to switch to Swift right now, I mm-hmm. I, I would lose just a lot of productivity. Mm. Uh, well, it's just
0: learning curve, you know. You've got to yeah, mount exactly. that curve before you can At be productive point. in it.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's what's
0: happening yeah. to me right now. You know, like, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you know, last week on the show, I said that I wouldn't write Swift for Magpie until I was well, I wouldn't write Swift for Magpie. Period. I was gonna do it on a new project. And so Okay. Drum roll everybody. <laughs> the next day <laughs> Last Thursday I started um I opened up a new class for Magpie and it's in Swift. And you
2: and this is inside the inside the app so you're with the go, it's, editor.
0: Yeah, it's no, no, I haven't done that yet. Uh, I've actually got it as a separate project right now, okay, but okay. uh yeah. it is intended to be uh injected into Magpie. Yeah.
1: Wait, yeah. and it's a class, not a struct.
0: Yeah, it's a class.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually it, finally watched that W W C video. Value no, type, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, not yeah, the value stuff. type one, though, the other one, the you know, protocol oriented programming one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. very yeah. interesting stuff. Uh,
0: yeah, this this is actually uh, it's it's fully Cocoa, so I don't know. I don't really, I, you know, like I said this at the time. I don't fully understand the protocol oriented programming stuff, and I especially don't see how it integrates in with Cocoa. Um, so what I'm actually doing here is I'm replacing AF networking um, uh, oh, in large, but uh, not not with uh, the Swift class. What I'm actually replacing with the Swift class is uh, UI image view plus AF networking, um, oh, okay. as well as yeah. NS image view plus AF networking, um, which actually so doesn't you, exist. So you re- you're replacing that? So that's not the Alamo Fire version of that? Right. Um, I'm, I'm writing my own uh, NS image view, UI image view, um, asynchronous loader
2: so this raises an interesting point and we've talked about this on the show and I've talked about this with Mark privately, Mark um, you were always going on about NSURL connection as opposed to using um, AF
0: networking session,
1: yeah, well, originally connection. it was connection, um, now it's moved on to session, yeah
2: yeah. so you so what's your position on on, on uh, NSURL session versus things like AF networking which a lot of people use,
1: yeah you know I guess i have I have nothing against if not working per se i mean mm-hmm. it's a great library but just in in general uh if I can do something myself in a reasonable amount of time uh, I won't use a third party library just because then I know what's inside of it I know what to do if something goes wrong I know how to how to work with it I just know what it's doing whereas I found that you know in many cases with with a third party library uh the the more time that goes on, the the, the more likely that it's not going to be supported, or that something's going to change in in the OS, and something will break, and or you have to customize something, and then it breaks all future releases. and And I, I would just rather not have to deal with that if I if I don't have to. Obviously, some things you have to. Uh, mm-hmm. But but for me personally, yeah, you know, I can do everything I need to do with an NSURL session, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and it works fine for me. And you know, a lot of that is because I've you know just built up this. Library of stuff over over the years, you know, to do a lot of this, the, a lot of that functionality. So it's it's not like I'm writing it from scratch every time. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, yeah, I just I just don't have a need for it. I don't, you know, I don't I'm coming around on that anyone. myself.
0: You know, I that's what I did with Magpie. I actually uh, the 1.0 that's currently in the store uses AF networking, and I just tore it out last week. Mm-hmm. It's all gone. CocoaPods too, also gone. It was oh, a, really? a huge liability in this project, you know, which has targets that are Mac, iOS, uh, uh, frameworks, and uh, and action extensions. Um, and, and having CocoaPods integrated into that, was just it was just messing things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, AF Networking was a, a pod that was installed along with it. There's a few other pods, too. But um, I decided to just pull out CocoaPods altogether. It solved a ton of problems. Oh, uh, I pulled out AF Networking and very quickly and easily used ns url session to replace all the functionality from there yeah the only holdover was the ns and ui image view categories um and so i've got it like that's no problem to replace on ios there are tons of third-party uh replacements for that but mm-hmm. on the mac there's like nothing so f it i'm writing one myself
1: just write your own oh. Yeah. it's, it's yeah, not that hard mine. to write
0: <laughs> no no it's not yeah
1: yeah
0: and so and I you thought, write it and heck? you write it once
1: mm-hmm. and you have it forever.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. I'll publish it. I'll make it available because, I mean, yeah, sure. uh, I wish that I, honestly, I wish I'd found someone someone who had done it already because I'd, I'd rather be working on Magpie than on this. But, uh-huh. you know, uh, now that I've decided to do it, I might as well give it to everybody and hopefully others will, you know, improve it <laughs> uh, and get some use out of it themselves. Cool. Yeah. And I figured it had to be in Swift, right? If I'm going to give it away, it's got to be in Swift, you know, or else or else I can't call myself an iOS developer in 2015. <laughs> That's well, kind of only. Let's say 2017. A <laughs> yeah, exactly. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, let me do a real time update. Uh, I was mentioning that graph earlier about uh, cost, price, and value. Sure. Uh, that was part of a column written by Sean Blanc uh, in an, an article that he published today called "The Art of Price and Value." I've got the link. You've got it there, Tim. And. Yeah, And so he does uh, a really nice explanation based on his own product, a book that he wrote called "Delight is in the Details." And so he Mm -hmm. talks about his cost in producing that, uh, the price he sold it for, and the value that his readers get from it, um, and how to kind of pull those levers to uh, increase the value and make money for himself. So, and he includes that that graph that I was telling you about. It's a little hand drawn thing, yeah. So, in the show notes.
1: How's Magpie doing, by the way, Aaron, before we launch into that?
0: We uh, talked about it quite a bit last week, but oh, okay. Um, okay. I just actually uh, looked at my sales tonight. I've made 20 sales. That's not bad.
2: Okay. Yeah. And is it like, is it the hockey stick kind of no, chart the, God, at the no. beginning or no. just sort of trickling along? No, right?
0: uh, in fact, my, my best sales day was day three. Yeah. Go figure. And is it is it iOS versus Mac? or 12 iOS versus? and the rest are Mac.
1: And what, do you, oh, what okay. are you selling it for? the Store four ninety nine. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I put a, a um, an article that just came across my desk here from um, Dan Council about pricing your mount your app. Yeah. And he and he basically said the same thing. Four ninety nine is kind of a sweet spot for uh, do anything but freemium. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Right.
1: Freemium doesn't yeah. work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've probably read that. Like, I see you have it here. Um, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure I've. Looked I'm it. not sure. I think you posted it today. Oh, but, really? Or, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, hmm. Pick anything other than premium, yeah.
2: And my friend Matthias Holman uh, put up. Uh, we were talking about. I forget We were talking about this. Oh, I think he was talking to Charles Perry and that on Twitter. And Matthias uh, put up his. He posted a blog here back in May of about a game that he wrote, a Mahjong game, mm-hmm. and about his what it what it made for him. I think. Uh, what did he say? Just thought we could follow up for our sort of you know. Can you make a living at this kind of stuff you know, can you-
1: I, I actually still think you can even after all this you know yeah. even though I'm not doing the indie stuff really so much at all anymore yeah, um, yeah. looking back and, and looking at the mistakes I made and and the success that successes I had um, mm-hmm. I, I still do think it's possible yeah you, know, you know this that Chinese poker game that I got that I did that as for 499 that's still selling copies years later I haven't touched it in years um scales and modes still selling copies I haven't touched it in years uh so if i had really you know gone all in with the with the original strategy that i had of just cranking through and making tons of apps uh, which i was doing for a while and then i just kind of got bogged down by uh, a couple of things running out of good ideas was one problem um it, it's actually it's actually a big problem <laughs> um you know come up with interesting ideas is is, is is kind of tough. And actually the probably the biggest problem was the the uh, the support weight gets heavier and heavier. Every time you do a new app, you have to support all the old apps and and after, and after a while you start spending more time uh, or, or such a large percentage of your time supporting all the old apps that you don't really have so much time to do the new apps, but yet the new apps are where the money's coming from. So it's kind of a tough balancing point, but I but I actually do think it's possible. In hindsight, well, it's interesting
2: too. But you know, we've talked, you and I have talked about device tracker a number of times over the years, yep. right? As I as I've been you know updating it for each each OS that comes out, and um, and you know doing the whole you know getting rid of the skeuomorphic look and all that kind of stuff. And um, Aaron, what you don't know is that Mark and I were talking about you know refactoring it and getting it up into size classes and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't know that. Over, Converting it to storyboard, well, because it's all done. It's all done in the old um, hand-coded table view controller stuff. Right? Yeah, I knew that. There's not even, not even a nib in the in the entire file, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so Mark had sort of said to me, "Well, you know, you're not. Why don't you want to move on to other things. It's not really, you know, it's like when when do you stop working on the app?" And I thought, okay, I thought, well, fine. I'll just just let it ride for a while, and then, you know, in April was it April? We got statistics from Apple with the uh, iTunes Analytics. Connect stuff. Yeah. The analytics, right? I get tons of of store views on that app, right? And it's still selling, right? So, and I don't know if it's you know halo effect from the podcast or whatever, but or from you know people just finding it. I I, st- I created a marketing website for it a couple of, you know six months ago, and I was doing all that kind of stuff, right? And the, it, now I'm looking at it, going, okay, yeah, I think I really think there is a market for this this type of app from me per se, right? And it's not it's not a you know everybody can download it for free kind of thing. It's, it's a specific niche that it services. Right. Um, so looking at, but looking at the, the, uh, the numbers I get back from, from Apple, it's, it's quite a hit. And surprisingly, it's, it seems to be a lot of, a lot of downloads in Germany. It's about organizing your stuff and they like to organize their stuff (laughs) over there as a stereotype. Right. So, you know, so so then the question is,
1: can you come up with ways to make money off of existing installations?
2: Yeah, I mean, that that was the thing that we talked about in the past. I mean, there's been a few, like, you know, it, 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 ironically, we called it device tracker, and it was a friend of mine who helped me mark with the marketing decision to make call it that, right? It was originally like device database or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and so a, a marketing guy who helped me write the original marketing pitch for it, you know, said, well, let's call it device tracker. It's for keeping track, keeping track of your devices, right? And so I put it out there, and, and, and then, you know, kind of, Staked my claim with that name. And there've been a number of other people who've come up with apps called Device Tracker for iOS, Device Tracker for iPad and whatever. And the difference is they did was they put location services into it, right? So they've got like core location and that kind of stuff. And so that would be something I could do as, as uh, an in-app purchase, let's say. You know, we could add in the ability to, to uh, you know, put a, a you know, geo code in there that you can know which of your many warehouses it might be in, right? Um, and then there's also the the idea of doing adding a barcode scanner to it because a lot of people with like for technical like equipment like servers and computers and stuff like that when you are managing lots of things they might have a barcode right yeah that one one of my
1: that one's almost a no brainer since it's now built in right yeah it's super yeah, simple yeah. I think
2: I think even one of the Apple guys said to me that I should do that right yeah. and um, uh, one of my clients is a real estate guy one of the one, one of the people I got feedback from he uses it to manage his lockboxes so he knows which house he's left which particular lockbox and what the combination is, you know? So it's kind of like, you so know, a little mini That's pretty interesting.
1: Maybe you should yeah. skin it uh, specifically <laughs> for realtors.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's I mean, And that, that's part of what the whole refactoring question was. Because you remember, we, we basically wrote it in such a way that, you know, you get a number of fields, you know, that relate to IT uh, related stuff like IP address, MAC address, you know, hard drive space, that kind of thing, you know, make and model. Um, and and there, even though we had moved them towards customized fields, there's, it's still a hard coded thing. And so I was at, last thing I was working on before I stopped working on it was the ability for users to go in and customize those field labels, right? So, mm-hmm. so and and my wife wants me to, and I've actually got another sort of inventory app that my wife wants me to build, which is a variation of this. So I may go to that, and in fact, I may decide just to. I'm kind of torn because you know I got a lot of users; they've got a lot of data in their thing, and and I've got that way of importing and exporting data which i learned about from ray ding but um they you know i'm i'm concerned about my legacy users and how do i if i come out with a device tracker too, or if i just revamp this this app from the very beginning how do i get those guys to be able to bring their inf- their information along with them right so
1: because
2: mm-hmm. we're using an ns uh, what is it uh, ns coder or uh or key, arch-
1: key the archivers? Archivers? yeah that old yeah. school stuff yeah
2: yeah, to to you know export and then import the uh, the file into into the system by just parsing through it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then and you, you just write an importer, then. Hmm? Yeah. 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 So I said, I mean, like I could, I so I have a file format, right? In fact, I have two file formats because we changed the name of it at, uh, from the very very first one, and if i made a new version of it, I would just make it be able to support that, right? So, and even on the IT perspective, it, you know, the uh, the um system info report that comes off a of Mac is an XML file and we can parse that and have it automatically bring stuff in, right? So mm-hmm. at one time Aaron we talked about uh making a Mac version of it and then you could, you know, go in with import data from Excel and stick it in the in the Mac version and then sync it to your iOS version, you know, very similar to what you're doing with Magpie in that sense, you know? Yeah. You know, so.
1: I think you need and, a, and I think you need a watch app for it. <laughs>
2: Well, I started working on the Pi Day Countdown watch app. Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> was that your first yeah. app ever, the Pi Day Countdown?
2: No, the first app ever was was uh, Two for Couples. I started writing on a customer app. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, Actually, Device Tracker was probably our first app, because it was based on an app that I had written as a web app many years ago, right? So I already had the, the, this concept, the concept down, right, the business case down. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pi Day Countdown was written on, on a whim. Like we we used to have a, an Apple conference here um, for Apple technicians and education, Apple people in the education market, and it was always around March 14th. And Steve Heyman, who's uh, Apple engineer here, Apple system engineer here, um, he is a huge fan of Pi Day. So we wrote the app in such a way that we, we hoped that we, we could have it, announce it, you know, the day before the conference, and then on Pi Day, everybody could count down to Pi Day at the same time, but... Oh, well. It didn't get through, approved the store fast <laughs> It got approved the morning of uh, March 14th. Yeah. So, ironically. But when we were talking about Matt, Matthias Holman's uh, uh, Mahjong game, right, and how he posted his numbers, and I think the other piece was uh, the post from Dan Council about uh, choosing the right pricing model for your app, right? And he, his, basically what we've been saying over the last couple of uh, episodes is that, you know, you should pick a number that makes sense and it's not don't price it down too low i think we talked about the pricing of magpie last week didn't we Aaron? about the the fact that you know that 499 is a decent price and maybe it should be a little
0: higher who knows you know i think i i talked a little bit about that yeah but uh yeah. whenever i talk to people about the price of magpie whenever i say it's 499 they they yeah. tend to um draw in their breath very quickly and look away yeah
1: yeah um yeah.
0: really yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like, oh wow, that's way too much. Your app isn't really? nearly that really? valuable. Um, well, yeah. And so, and I, I tend to ignore that sort of thing because um, I don't care. <laughs> um, no, exactly. exactly. Yeah, if, you're you're,
2: if, you're you're in this in, you're in this for the long haul. I mean, yeah, that's the whole point, right? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. Um, if people don't want to buy it, then if they don't want that value in their lives, then they're welcome to yeah. not have it. Uh, that's cool yeah. with me. Yeah. So uh and you know, I, I have been thinking, you know, in turns, various you know, I'm back and forth all the time, but I think about raising the price from time to time. Um I don't think I'll ever drop it below four ninety nine unless I'm on some kind of crazy sale. Um
1: Well it but, would be it would be interesting to see what would happen there if you did have a sale. Yeah. And well, see if you got I, a you know, a more than say you drop to two ninety nine to get a more than two X increase in sales and then that yeah. tells you something. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That people like to get a deal, I think that's what it would tell me it would well tell maybe me that, that that's yeah. a better price um unless it yeah. were sustained
1: yeah, that's true but, that's true yeah
0: um yeah i know I know like some experiments might happen um yeah yep. who
1: knows it, it, but, the stick the sticker shock thing though is it, it is real i mean I'm totally with you i I've probably told the story before, but one time way back when uh one of my dollar ninety nine apps uh was was uh featured on a on a podcast um mm-hmm. and uh, the person who was talking about it was, you know, really she really liked the app. She was talking about how she was, you know, playing it on the subway. It was it was a game app. It was a casual gaming kinda of app. It was the sure. look again app. It's the pattern matching right. one. And mm-hmm. and uh and she was saying how yeah, she played it on the subway and you know, probably spent a half an hour playing it and, and it was it was it was really pretty, pretty fun. And then she said, but and everyone kinda pauses on the podcast, <laughs> it was a dollar ninety nine and there was that gasp. No. Yeah, there was that gasp. No. And and they were all kind of shocked. It was a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, you got but, but ripped then,
0: off, girlfriend.
1: But but she spent <laughs> you know she spent a half an hour playing it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you yeah. know,
1: she would probably spend twice that much on a Starbucks and drink it in ten minutes, right? And so I, I just don't get it.
2: Just don't. yeah. Well, we were having a discussion with a couple of other guys, and uh, one of them was telling him about his app. And I mean, I had originally put iAds into Device Tracker, and then. I didn't like the execution and, and when it first came out it was only Disney and JCPenney because it was like a million dollar buy-in or something like that so there was not going to be any real advertising going on so I pulled it out of the app in the original days right um, I think I only have one app on the store that has iAds in it and but he was telling me that he's put iAds and AdMob into his apps mm. and the AdMob stuff actually does make him a pretty penny I think it might even be in uh, Matthias's uh, blog post here right you not talk about AdMob in there?
0: You know, I, I don't know you can check that but uh, you know I've, I've certainly talked to other people about uh, the success rate for ads and uh, you know some yeah. people who have popular apps uh, mm-hmm. can earn a good living from ad networks right uh, I'm just never gonna do that I, I don't believe in that yep I, as a business model uh, yeah as a business I don't believe in it as a uh, you know it's I don't want to gunk up my app with that crap
2: yeah oh here it is yeah. so in in Matthias's post he talks about the paid version of the Mahjong app um, at two ninety nine, and then he dropped it down to ninety nine cents. Um, he made six hundred and forty euros uh, profit. I am not sure what the time In frame what, for that yeah, is, but the time frame is everything. I'm not sure. I think. Well, it looks like uh, well, the chart here shows a couple of months, right? Um, actually, when did he publish it? Anyway, but 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 then, interestingly enough, though, he has a free version of it, and he had uh, twenty thousand downloads. Uh, of that app, um, twenty to thirty a day per se, uh, and basically with the AdMob in it, he made seven thousand four hundred euros, <laughs> right in the same period time period. So, interesting, you know? Yeah, a
1: significant difference. And it's, and it's all based on AdMob interstitials, which yeah, they are they are the best CPMS. App, so. Yeah, yeah, sure. they
0: just make me want to like flip every table from here to Europe. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't like that. and I'm not putting that in my app. Just not happening, mm.
2: mhm well, I mean then that's the thing is like how do you how do you how do you pay for this stuff you 're either bootstrapping it or like you said you have to have you have to draw a line in the sand and say i 'm selling it for four hundred ninety nine and i 'm happy about that right you know uh, and then, i don't think there's anything wrong with that I, realistically you know the I mean, I think I may have talked about this in the past, but you know, in the desktop publishing days when everybody ran out and bought image setters, and I mean, not everybody did. They were $80,000 pieces of equipment just to print some film and, you know, do some pre-press work, right? Um, and so you, you used to have film houses that you would go to to get, you know, your, your work converted into printable film that you could then take and have, made, have plates and, you know, put in a magazine or something like that, right?
0: I used to do that too.
2: Yeah, and, and do you remember when it went down to like a dollar a page? <laughs> like that's, this is, this is the whole desktop publishing, you know, race to the bottom. It's the same same thing happened in, in desktop publishing that happened, happened in the App Store over the last couple of years. And that, you know, basically squeezed everybody out of the market who felt they were there because they were people or whatever, right? I mean, the majority of them stayed there, but the people, there was a whole bunch of fast, you know, uh, what do you call them, fast buck guys? Um, quick change artists, right, who came in and they had the cappuccino machine in the front of the store, and you could, you know, get your cappuccino and buy your thing, and they were making money making selling cappuccinos while they were printing your page for a buck, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You
0: know,
2: right, you know, with with a bunch of young guys in the back working in a sweatshop out putting these things, and, yeah. you know, it was all, and, and they would make money on, on doing changes and, you know, fixing up your file if it was wrong or whatever, but the lost leader was the dollar a page, right?
1: So they probably yeah, made a lot realistic. more on the
2: cappuccino than on anything else <laughs> yeah and and the thing about it is, that back then i mean if you look if you factored in the cost of the equipment and the amount price for chemicals and buying the film from you know agfiz and the Kodaks of the day uh you know it costs more than a dollar a page that's the sad part right yeah. so yeah. it's kind of it's like you know it's sort of where we are now we were talking about this a bit i think yesterday at uh, after the taco meeting yesterday aaron it was that you put so much. You have to put so much effort into the into the app, right? So that's why the price has to be where it is, right? Realistic, I think, in my opinion, you know. Well, yeah, like absolutely, I agree. Sure, you know, and and uh, you know, if you and if you and if somebody wants to hire us out, it's like we were talking about this as well before the meeting, I think, right? Um, you know, if somebody comes to us with an app that they want to build, and we we factor in how much effort it's going to take to you know do. Uh, High level architecture, have somebody code it, do some design work, quality assurance, you know, like you were just saying before we started recording, Mark. You know, that involves a team of people who, you know, expect to be paid a certain wage. And by the time you add up all the hours it takes to build an app, especially an iPad app, right, you're up in the hundreds of thousands of dollars easily, right? You know? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And you can't, so you can't turn around and sell that for free, right? Unless you've got some crazy ad revenue scheme, right? So.
0: Right. Or VCs, or you know, it's it's yeah. actually just a piece of the overall business. Um, exactly. You know, there there are lots of situations where you know apps can be developed and and have a business justification mm-hmm. to pay for it, and, and that does, has nothing to do with the price of it on the App Store.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, and that's just it. I mean, like if you look at a a, a retailer or somebody who's providing a service that their their business, or the reason people go to them. Is not for an app on the app store. The reason they go to them is for some other service or some other business, and they happen to have an app, right? Then, then they got to give that away for free, and you know, and people expect it to. to yeah, you, your bank is a, is a
1: classic example of that, right? They don't. Yeah, they don't, they're never going to sell you an app, but but you know, right. you're, you're using your services way more because you have it. Starbucks is another one too, right? You have yeah, you have exactly. their app, you're more likely to go into the store because well, yeah, I've got some cash on the on the phone. I'll just you know go in and use it.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, you, you hit the nail right on the head. I love using the Starbucks app myself. You know, I, I was standing in line the other day, you know, and getting a coffee or something, like, from the guy. And when it came time to pay, I just said, hang on a second. And I charged up my card. Yep. On, I charged up my, my app and then paid with the app, right? you know, like, rather than reaching in my pocket and pulling out a, a $5 yeah. bill or whatever, right? So The only
1: thing that bugs me, I love it too, but the only thing that bugs me right now is you can't use Apple Pay to recharge your Starbucks card. I don't know why you can't do that. That's crazy. That's such a shame. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so what is this Apple Pay you speak of? Yeah, right. Apple Pay. (laughs) I thought you have Apple Pay in Canada now. No, No. they're getting it
2: in the UK, the United United Kingdom. They're getting it. I think next week in the UK, I believe. Right, but yeah, we're getting it in November or something like that. You know, just in time for Christmas, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, if you like using your Starbucks card, honestly, you'll love Apple Pay.
2: Well, actually, one of the students I was teaching is an American, and he has, he has his watch enabled with Apple Pay, so he's mm. been, been paying for stuff all over the city by waving his wrist under various payment
0: devices ah. here in Canada. So At 70 paying. cents on the dollar. Must love that. Oh, I yeah. guess. Mm. I guess. Is that what it is? Uh, something stupid like that. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. It makes me ill. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: So we only have one pick this week, so I'll just jump in. Um, basically, uh, th- I saw today that there was an update came out from Mac Update. Um, they've got a bundle that includes a bunch of uh, interesting apps. There's some FTP clients, there's an SQL Lite app, a um, bunch of other things. But two of the uh, included pieces uh, that we talked about on the show before, uh, one of them is PAW, and I believe we talked about Dash before for the, the document uh, menu. Ah, we must have, yeah. App, yeah. Um, but th- these are part of the Mac update bundle, and I think it's fifty nine dollars US. And it's uh, I basically bought it today because I was going to buy paw anyway. Um, who who was it that brought paw to our table? I remember? totally brought paw. Totally, 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 PAW. totally brought paw. I it was Some guy named Aaron brought. That it to wouldn't it. be yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So. I would like to take full credit. <laughs> um, so there's a co- co- couple of other things. Um, you know, I was talking to some people this morning about like why you would need an SQL like, You know. tool to basically dig into stuff. I mean, I use a free one for core data, but I guess, um, and Aaron, you were saying that you built Magpie last week using SQLite3, but not core data, right? Correct. And so how do you, uh, how do you um,
0: visualize what you're doing there? I'm a command line guy. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. All right. Okay.
1: Interesting. I I didn't realize that, Aaron. So what, what made you choose to do that? To not use core data. I'm just yeah, it's too bad you
0: weren't on the show last week. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Maybe to I I explain week's my. Um, uh, I have a little bit of antipathy against core data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dr. Rubin, I've got a problem. I'm hoping I can sit on your couch and you can help me out. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. I just. Um, well, <clears throat> I I did it from a very pragmatic position. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll I'll just hasten to add here that I I have quite a bit of experience with core data. The job that I'm working with my client now, using a very large piece of software, it's all core data. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm deep, deep in the weeds with core data, all over it. Uh, and not a fan. <laughs> oh, right. uh, really? There's, oh, there's just so many, so many complicating factors to core data that you have to keep track of, and I feel like it's, uh, it, c- it could be a lot simpler. Um,
1: yeah the fact well, that it's not thread safe
0: is oh the, the, the not fact not that it's not thread safe I'm just going to yes. stop you right there Yeah
1: yeah That's yeah you I'm don't really say. have to say much more Although it is private queue private queue concurrency made it yep. a lot better than it used to be Yes
0: it did it did but it's not it's not there yet and it's there's perfect. still a lot a lot yeah. of complications to deal with so um but pragmatically speaking for magpie uh there's one object it's a video object and there's no okay. relationships there's no no second object. And, and so I'm, I am I kept it as simple as possible. Um, and so using uh, uh, a SQL sort of d- database on the device uh, just makes all the problems go away. Um, and because I have a ton of experience with it al- already, so yep. uh, it was really straightforward a decision to make to just go with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that makes sense. If you don't have relationships, you lose a lot of the value of core data for sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's the power of, of Core Data. You don't have to do joins or anything like that. You just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, they're there, but they're under the hood. They're they're hidden from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure.
0: Cool. Yeah, so that was that. Um. Yep. Sorry, you were talking about the Mac Update Bundle, though. I'm looking at this thing, and it's really impressive. <laughs>
2: There's a lot of yeah, good apps no, in here. Yeah, so I just opened it myself. So it comes with Hype, uh, Delta Walker, Dash, Flux, Paw, Forklift, which is an FTP uh, thing. It bases the... Uh, Tool for SQLite and Code Runner, which I've heard of before, but I'm not quite
0: actually. I have with. Code Runner as well. Um, Do you? Yeah, it's. Um, I don't actually use it that often, but it is a like I used it more in my web uh, development days. Sure. Yeah. Because it would allow you to uh, very what Code Runner does is allows you to run code um, within like a sort of like a sandbox sort of environment, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can try try things out, sort of a like. In a rail situation, for example, you can sure. like run it right against your, your development environment mm. um, without actually having to run the application. Uh, so it made it really easy to try things out. Um, it's it's sort, not... sort of like playgrounds in Swift. Oh yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, very much yeah. like playgrounds in Swift. Yeah, mm-hmm. which um, and because of uh, the way Objective C is, um, where you, you can't really like, there's no um, what's it called. Read a, a REPL, you know. There's no REPL in Objective C, you know. Like Ruby has a REPL and Swift has a REPL, and that's you know that's why they're, you know you're able to have a playground in Swift because you got this read eval print loop that you can just like hit hit with and get get results back immediately. Whereas with Objective C, of course, you have to compile it right, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, you cannot try things out. "Quote unquote" <laughs> um, in Code Runner using Objective C, even though um, Code Runner does support Objective C, um, oh, yeah. it's kind of mm. in, a, in a hacky way. It uses like a, a, a uh, sort of a framework project, and um, it's not as not as nice as with Ruby, for example. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, still cool app. But uh, I think Playgrounds have really superseded it in that sense.
2: So, so for those of our listeners who don't know what a REPL is, can you explain what that is?
0: Oh, sure. Read, eval, print loop. Um, and so it's like uh, dropping down to the command line in a language. So you mm-hmm. can, uh, like in Ruby, for example, you just type uh, Ruby on the command line, and you can start interrogating the, uh, the Ruby interpreter uh, by writing Ruby and getting responses back. So you type mm-hmm. in x equals 5, hit res- return, And the variable X has been set with that value. And then you can start performing calculations or bring in frameworks and, and start like doing network operations, for example, on the Mm -hmm. command line, all live, you know, it's not saved in a file or anything, but if you're experimenting with features in a given language, then a REPL is a great way to do it because it's quick and it's uh, very easy to use uh, and very straightforward too. And so, Mm -hmm. but you know, because Swift has that capability, um, Apple leveraged that to make, Playgrounds, right? So right. playgrounds are like a, a Repl on steroids because it's got this visualizer for all its uh, responses as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in this beautiful documentation format. So Ooh. big fan. Yep. Yep. So coming back to the uh, Mac uh, update bundle, um,
2: which yeah. is available at deals.macup. That's okay. That's okay. Deals.macup. Um, uh, have you guys heard of albums and CDs? You know, back in the day when you used to buy more than one song at a time, you know, an artist would put together a package and they would call it an album. And they put some artwork on it. Yes,
0: I believe they're still using yeah. that concept on iTunes yeah, these days.
2: That's <laughs> true. Well, so, so I used to have a rule where I had a two-song rule, and, and I would never buy an album unless there were two songs on it that I liked. And that's that, that's only failed me a few times. But, um, Mm -hmm. so here we've talked about dash, we've, we've talked about, uh, paw and now you've just talked about code runner. So there's your three hits on this bundle. So run out and get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, mean, if you don't, (laughs) I see a lot of bundles like this, you know, and I think to myself, oh, I've already got that one and that one and that one. And the other ones I don't really care about. For example, like I don't care about hype, you know, like I'm never going to use hype. Mm-hmm. But Delta Walker actually looks kind of interesting um, mm-hmm. because I've got two computers now. That might be useful. Um,
2: it's
0: and like a, d- a diff for Anybody
1: use Flux, this advanced web design tool? Anybody? No, use no that?
0: I've never heard of that yeah. one.
1: I haven't either.
2: Just when it, whenever you say uh, advanced and web design in the same sentence, it chill runs down my spine.
0: So it's like a visual yeah. HTML editor. Uh, yeah, those yeah. those have never been. Yeah. Uh, Rapid Weaver, Rapid Weaver, wasn't that one of them? Yeah, Dream that Weaver, still right? exists.
1: That?
0: No, Rapid Weaver is oh, one, Rapid and Dream Weaver. Weaver is another. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. They all exist, <laughs> um but you know, actual developers don't use those things. Yeah, hype looks kind of
2: kind of cool. It might be so you know for a trinkety sort of piece for your website. If you're yeah, a yeah. little bumblebee fly around on your website or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but it, it doesn't looks like it has a flash, timeline. Though, you know. I it think looks like this, Flash. Is, this is, this is <laughs> the, this to me looks like a, a sort of an HTML5 replacement for Flash. That's exactly the, what it is. That's yeah. what they Animation. were thinking when they
0: built it. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. And good for them. And it's a very well regarded tool. Um, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When it first came out, it was quite a bit of acclaim for it. A lot
2: of yeah. hype, right? A lot of hype, hype. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool.
2: Mm-hmm. All righty then. So I guess that's it for the, the uh, week. Uh, so if people want to find you on the interwebs, Aaron, where would they look?
0: Go to Twitter, at AaronVay, or check out my website, magpievideo.com, where you can get my app.
2: And if you love it, leave a, leave a yes, comment on oh, Yes, definitely no, leave a review, please. Yeah, so hell, go, go,
0: leave a comment. Yeah, so hell, go, I, I asked you last night, did you do it we'll, yet, we, did you do it yet? That's okay, that's okay, we'll wait. I'll okay, go, I'm right Go, here. go, Sohail, go, go. we'll wait.
1: Have you done it okay. yet?
2: Okay. (laughs) And Mark, if people want to find you on the interwebs, wherever they look.
1: I'm at markr at smapsoft.com. All
2: right. And uh, I didn't say it last week, but this week my name is Tim Mitra and I am T I M M I T R A on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, it guy.com. And uh, that's it. We'll say goodbye for the week. And Mac is just getting up off the couch. so Goodbye, Mac.
0: All
2: right, folks. Bye. Bye bye. 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 If you want to find out more about the show you can visit the more than just code website at mtjc.fm there you can find a summary and show notes of each episode we list links to the items we talked about on the show as well as links to the apps on the app store if you like the podcast please leave a comment on the website or if you can please write a review on itunes it really helps others find out about the show you can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can provide us a little as a dollar a month. Any amount helps. However, you're free to do as you please. Thanks again for listening. I'm gonna ask you too, Mark. Are you going to go to 360i Dev this year? Oh,
1: you know, I don't know. Uh, I didn't buy a ticket. Um,
2: yeah, they're still available. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So, so you know, maybe um, it's kind of good timing, actually. You know.
2: Yeah, give, I'm, give I'm sort of between things too. So.
1: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun last time. So.
2: Yeah, I and it's, a, it's like four days, right? So it's it's yeah. almost like it's like a mini WWDC in a matter of yeah. speaking, right? Yeah. You know, and it's over a weekend,
1: people. right? It's. It so, starts
2: on Saturday. It goes August fifteenth to nineteenth, so it ends on a Wednesday. It ends
1: on a Wednesday. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll talk to so that.
2: It's, kind of, it's kind of in the middle of the week there, right? So yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, you know, it's gonna. Kind
1: of, it's not quite as expensive as WWDC, but it right. it adds up, right? Sure, so. it does.